Lift. It's been a long time. How are you? Wow. What are you wowing? It's good to see you. It's been too long. You wowing. You wowed me before. Uh, I'm good, Kevin. How you doing? It's been a while since we've had one of these, and uh, uh, we've uh, got a special one today. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, good to see you. How are you? I've been doing great. Thank you. Um, It's been good to see you on Zoom. I know you've been back and forth, right? How how things Mm -hmm. have been? Well, I mean, I've been spending a lot of time in, uh, in Connecticut. I live in, I have home in Connecticut, so uh, down in Florida. So I've spent some time in Connecticut. Uh, and also, obviously, we have a season, to hopefully, to prepare for. We have a lot of work to do. So, you know, the, the the gears of that, you know, mesh on and the wheels of that roll on. And we have, uh, you know, a lot of work to do. And so we're, uh, you know, we are getting ready for what we hope will be a, an exciting season. And, you know, there's a couple of labor issues that the, the game has got to get past. And I know that they're they're working to try and figure it out. And hopefully they will. And we'll have a, a season and it'll be a productive season. So it's, it's exciting. It's always a, this time of year, you're always ready to. It's that you know you it's, it's your your condition to it. It's like you could you, this time of year you get you you feel it. You're ready to go to work. You're ready to do baseball. I mean, we have the Nets, uh, you know, the NBA Nets team. We have them. We have the WNBA Liberty team. We have the NYCFC soccer team. We have another other shows and events that we do. But still, and all, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, truthfully, I mean, our bread is truly buttered by the by the Yankee games. You know, I wouldn't say at the expense of everything else, not not, not at all. But but truthfully, the lion's share of our work comes with the Yankees. So. It's exciting, and uh, we're looking forward to this time of year, and we're ready to go. Uh, also looking forward to this episode, huge episode, big guest, Paul O'Neill. We'll mm-hmm. get to him. Uh, before we do, though, Flip, I think it's important that we talk a little bit about the Yes booth, because news broke since our last episode. We now have two new colleagues, Carlos Beltran and Cameron Mabin. Mm-hmm. Flip, what do they bring to the Yes booth? Well, I mean, they, they, they bring a very fresh perspective. I mean, they were very recently both players. So they give you the contemporary of having been in that clubhouse, uh, you know, up until obviously very recently. And they bring a very unique uh, perspective. And, and, and that's it's great. I mean, they're both very, they're both extremely intelligent. They both, I mean, Cameron even lights up a screen like like no other. I mean, he's going to be it's going to be great to hear him and see him and bring the energy that he's going to uh, help bring to our booth. Is, is is I'm really looking forward to that. And and Carlos Beltran is one truly truly a great baseball player. He's a you know he's in that conversation for the Hall of Fame. He's had that kind of career. And uh, you know, there's been some things that recently that have been interesting. But uh, but the reality is, at the end of the day, it's great to have him here. He's a manager in waiting and. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to have him join our, our uh, Yes Broadcast booth. We have such so many distinguished and interesting people. Uh, David Cohn will, will be back. Uh, you know, people don't understand what happened with the ESPN move, and I, I'll explain that just briefly. He, uh, uh, David went up, signed a deal to go to ESPN, but he will not be be working the Sunday night telecast, but he still will be doing around 60 games for us, maybe 65. So he's got a, a number of games to do with Yes, so it's not like we're saying goodbye to David. We just sort of lent him to ESPN so they could have a, a, a nice marquee presence on their Sunday night game because Paul is to me one of the I mean uh, David is one of the truly great analysts in the game of baseball you know he really is and I think he'll be wonderful for ESPN to to have on a national broadcast and and obviously we still get to use him for 65 games which is awesome to continue his relationship with us which he's had basically for almost all the 20 years of yes I mean David has been involved pretty much for all those years
years and you know he's a he's a terrific broadcaster so we we we, we keep him we have paul who's done such a great job for us and he'll be our guest in a little while as we mentioned and that uh, john flaherty who's tremendous and then i and we have a great studio crew i mean we we have such depth in, you know in our on our broadcast our baseball broadcast and, and now we've added a few more so i'm very very excited to add cameron maybin and to add uh, to carlos beltran because i do think they they bring us uh, some energy and some contemporary uh, viewpoints which i think we're, we're uh, will help us make us uh, even stronger than we are. And uh, it's, so it's terrific and I'm looking forward to it. Are those the only changes we can expect? Is there more to uh, come? I've got a few a few more up my sleeve, I think. But uh, as we get closer to uh, when the, it's actually starting to play games, and then I'll, you know, I'll take a look at it. I, hopefully, we'll have, we will have some kind of spring training, no matter what it is. It maybe might be abbreviated, but we will have a spring training. So we'll look at some of those games, and we'll see what we'll, we'll try a few things and see what what comes out of that. But I've got a couple of ideas that are. I mean, you always listen. If you you always have to be moving. You always have to be changing. You always have to be evolving. Don't change for the sake of change. Nobody wants to do that. But you change. You change for the sake of evolving to make yourself better. And I think that, uh, especially in broadcasting, I really think you have to stay fresh, and you have to do that. And like I said, we have so many different viewpoints, and we have so we have such diversity now. We really do. So we we have you know diverse opinions. We have diverse people. We have we have about everything you could want in a broadcast booth. We have it now. And I'm most excited to, to have this mesh together because I know it's going to mesh well. I really do. We did our due diligence on this. And like I said, there were one or two moves I think we, we're still going to make that we haven't done yet. But it's going to be very, very exciting. And it, quite frankly, it's a very refreshed look. I thought we did a really good job through the years. We've done it actually. We are the, you know, we're the gold standard. I'm going to call it what it is. We are. And uh, we haven't deviated from that. But I just think we took a really wonderful broadcast and we made it better. So I'm glad it's it better is a good thing. I'm glad I asked that because I legitimately didn't know what the answer was. And I know yes. this is an audio podcast. Yes. There's no video. Mm-hmm. But let me explain to the listeners. Mm-hmm. When I asked if there was anything else Flip was going to do during this whole, uh, during the booth, with the booth, he had this sly smile on his face. You really are up to something. <laughs> and then you said it again when you <laughs> said, and I wrote it down, I have one or two moves I still want to make. Yeah, <laughs> that smile on your face. The Cheshire Cat, you know, the, the Cheshire Cat, you know, the Cheshire yes. Cat, yeah, a little, yes. little smile, yeah, a little wry smile, sure. So, one of yes. the tricks up our sleeve is mm-hmm. drum roll. Oh, no. There we go. There you go. This is where you oh. intro Paul O'Neill. Yeah, this is like, where oh, I intro Paul O'Neill. Okay, <laughs> well, uh, Yes, you know what? We're gonna. Uh, Paul will join us. We're gonna take a little commercial break, but Paul will join us uh, right after these messages, and uh, and we do a nice little intro on the other side. So uh, stay with us. Uh, the great Paul O'Neill will be joining us, and uh, and we will talk about retiring his uh, number twenty one and what it all means. It's such a great honor and what it means to him. We'll be right back. The Yes app is your digital destination for streaming live Nets games. Catch the biggest plays. From the biggest names. Kyrie, yes, sir. Stream Nets basketball on the Yes app, presented by T-Mobile. Welcome back to Curtain Call. John Filippelli, Kevin Sullivan, thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, our very special guest at this time is uh, Paul O'Neill, the legendary uh, former right fielder of the New York Yankees, the warrior, as Mr. Steinbrenner would always refer to him as, and, and rightfully so. And, and, uh, and uh, Paul's had a great honor bestowed on him. He's the 23rd player in Yankee history to have uh, his number retired. So that number 21 will forever be in Monument Park and forever be on display. It's always been in the hearts and minds of fans, but now it'll be have a permanent home in, in uh, Monument Park where it, where it belongs. And uh, it's a great honor. And uh, this time, Paulie, uh, 
uh, welcome, uh, welcome to our show, and uh, thank you for doing this. And uh, I mean, uh, Paulie, what went through your mind when you first heard, uh, uh, got the phone call, they told you they wanted to retire your number? Well, it's still going through my mind, Flip. It's just, it was hard to, uh, you know, realize the importance to my family and just how much it means to me. I mean, it, it was a, uh, I was stunned, I tell you. You know, Debbie Timon with the Yankees, vice president of marketing called and, and we kind of had a conversation, which we do a lot. And uh, then in the middle of the conversation, she said, uh, Hal Steinbrenner will be calling you and uh, we've decided to retire your number. And uh, I, I, uh, uh, to this point, I mean, it's three or four days now is still kind of sinking in just uh, how big a thing this is. When I think about your career and I had the privilege of watching your entire career, whether it was with Cincinnati Reds or the New York Yankees, I had that uh, obviously much more with the Yankees because of uh, growing up in the New York area. But and I've had the privilege of producing many of your games when I was at NBC Sports and Fox working games. And uh, I saw a number of your most memorable performances. I, I actually had the chance to witness. So I, I particularly have great, uh, great fondness for for your work and great respect for what you accomplished. But if you look back on it, whether they're individual accomplishments, Paulie, or they were team accomplishments, what, what stands out the most to you? Well, I think that you look at, um, you know, you, how you started your career. You remember the day you're drafted. You remember your first hit, your first home run, uh, you know, your first World Series in Cincinnati. And then obviously the, the big trade that basically changed my life, becoming a New York Yankee and getting the opportunity to play in New York and fall in love with the city and the, the tradition of winning and, and being part of a winning team. I mean, you just you can't ask for anything more than this. Uh, it was uh, an unbelievable time and uh, what uh, was accomplished uh, in the, that time and you know having your number retired is uh, with the Yankees so special because of the people that have gone before you but you know on that day when I look back I'm sure you know ex-players teammates will be behind me and that's what's remembered is you know how guys uh, won World Series how teams win World Series and I've always said that I've, I, I'm just proud to be associated with those teams because now you realize uh, how hard it is to do uh, what, uh, you know, those teams did in the late 90s. Paul, it's Kevin. Congratulations again. I love that Flip asked you about either team or individual accomplishments, and they were all team. I, in my head, I thought for sure you were going to say 1994 batting champ, um, but you didn't. You went to all the team stuff, and that's respectable for sure. I want to go back to the number. Um Number 21, because numbers are sacred in baseball. And I'm curious, how did you get that number? Well, you know, it's funny when I, my, the first baseball game that I ever went to was in Old Crosley Field. And I must have been about 10 years old. And, you know, it was almost like a summer vacation for our family. You know, we got in the old station wagon and drove down from Columbus, Ohio. And I remember how excited I was. And, you know, we had upper deck sit, uh, seats and my dad positioned me for a picture and, in the background of that picture, he intentionally took uh, Roberto Clemente was was in the background. The Reds were playing the Pirates that day. And that's where I finally figured out, you know, that's uh, a player with the name that I recognized, I loved, and he was number 21. And then when I was given 21 in Cincinnati, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I mean, the first game that I ever went to. Uh, you know, the, I, I just remember that day. And then I was very fortunate that obviously uh, nobody when the Yankee, when I was traded to the Yankees was wearing that number. So I got to keep my number uh, my whole career. 
Now the Yankees are making it official, though I will say that the fans made it unofficial. You were unofficially retired 21 for years. <laughs> and uh, we remember Latroy Hawkins tried to wear it and he got booed mercifully. Um, how'd that make you feel? Not the booing, but the support from the team or the fans. Well, they didn't want yeah, anyone else I mean, wearing it. I remember actually doing that game that night and it, it was uh, almost awkward, but you know, you can't, uh, you can't sugarcoat it, how much the fans have been good to me and, and how much it has, you know, affected the way you know, my life, basically. I mean, there, there's no doubt in my mind that my life and my family's life has changed uh, since I was traded to the New York Yankees and the fans obviously are a big part. And, um, you know, you don't go to Yankee games uh, just to show up to the game. You care who wins and loses. And uh, I always appreciated that. You know, Paul, I, I, when I look back on your career and uh, I look at the individual accomplishments and I look at the championship teams that you played on. But, you know, it's interesting to me because, I mean, I remember uh, this, this thing like I why why this comes. It does come to mind. It immediately comes to mind was. I, uh, as a producer, like I said, I, I've uh, had the privilege of covering you uh, my years at NBC and my years at Fox and a number of the, obviously a lot of Yankee games, a lot of games that you played it. And I, uh, I remembered the, uh, the, the, uh, the play in, in Cleveland when you had to get to second base, it was two outs in the ninth inning and the Yankees were trailing by a run and, you know, a single was fine, but, but we, you really needed to get in scoring position to have, you know, hopefully they get hit and, and drive yourself in and that driven in and tie the game up and how you really were, you mean you gave, I mean, beyond giving everything that you had, I mean, you sort of, you, you, you went sort of awkwardly into second base. And I thought for a minute that like you were going to, you, you're going to break your leg the way you went in. <laughs> it was so awkward, but you, your determination to get in scoring position spoke volumes about, you know, who you are and what you were about. And that was, that was one play. And then there was another play, the play that, that we, we robbed Louis Bologna of uh, an extra base hit. That would have uh, it would have the one nothing game the pennant game that would have you know obviously tied the game up that great catch that you made on a terrible terribly hamstring had a lot of pain in your hamstring and you know people don't realize what an amazing catch that truly was and those two plays because maybe because I was in the truck for them but but they really stand out to me and you, if you said you know of all the, the great things you've done in your career I don't know that those two plays would 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 come up and maybe the Polonia play would but but certainly that really embodied who you were and what you were about that that tremendous that determination and that heart and desire that that not to be denied and and that the the winner that you truly were and as Mr. Steinbrenner you know quite quite rightfully called you the warrior I mean that you were the embodiment of that well you know when when he first came out with that it was almost uh you know, embarrassing uh, as a player, but, you know, now you look back at it with such, you know, like respect that, you know, the owner, George Steinbrenner, you know, would uh, kind of tag you that. And, you know, I remember the play in Cleveland and uh, actually off the bat thought possibly I had a, a chance to, you know, to get to second base. And then all of a sudden, an unbelievable carom off the wall right to Grissom. And then, and then about halfway there, you've already made your mind up. It's, it's almost out of desperation. And, uh, you know, you said you, you thought I broke my leg. I actually really kind of hurt my thumb because I went in in a, in a funky, awkward slide and kind of caught my thumb on the corner of the base so I wouldn't leave the base. But, um, and, and then on to the next play you've talked about, Flip and Louis Polonia. Um, I mean, that's a World Series game. And, Obviously, that means so much. That's probably one of the best games pitch pitching wise that I've ever played in um, in a World Series. Uh, Andy Pettit was phenomenal that night. Smoltz was phenomenal. So, um, you know, it just became a classic World Series game. And 
the story's been told that uh, Jose Card now had moved me over a few steps. Uh, Louis Poloni had a long and bat and fouled a lot of balls off the other way, and he actually moved me towards the gap because it didn't look like he was able to pull John Wetland. And, uh, you know, it gave me a, a chance to catch that ball. Before we shift gears, Paul, I have one more question about the uh, number being retired. Tell me, what's the reaction been? How many people have reached out to you? How many texts have you received? Are these from people that you haven't heard from in a while? You know, it, it was really funny because we had I had like three waves because initially it all hits New York and all my friends in New York and all the people that understand the meaning of, you know, the numbers in New York and, and some teammates, Bernie Williams and Tino, um, you know, immediately. And it's just it's overwhelming that, that these things are coming about. And then the news kind of hit down in Florida where I am and there's so many Yankee fans and then all of a sudden on the Sunday paper in Cincinnati this week so I had a third wave and it's just uh it's been a an unbelievable week for me believe me but uh I I just still to this you, you just think how important it is and you know the ceremony and how much it means but then you think you know next year the year after the year after nobody's going to wear 21 and that's where it it really sinks in that this isn't going away. It's not like you, you, you want a trophy or something and you kind of forget about it because every time I do a game, you, you look out there at that wall and there'll be at some point after in the late August that I'll look out and realize that, uh, you know, that's not going away. And uh, that's unbelievably special to me. It seems like, Paul, you've been a, a Yankee uh, forever. I mean, putting the Cincinnati Red Deers aside for a minute, obviously your career, most of your career was played with the Yankees. And when upon retirement, you, you came to work with us at Yes, and you've been with us. It's hard to believe, Paul, but you've been here 20 years. And, you know, you've, uh, there's a whole generation of fans now who are, have come to know Paul O'Neill that really never saw you as a player. You know, if, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're, you know, you're 25 or you're 26 or you're 20, or whatever, they never had a chance really to understand you or see you as a player. But now they've had a chance to you hear you in the broadcast booth and you've been around and you've been part of their lives. They're Yankee fans. You've been certainly a part of their life since your days as a player. And so that you've had it's like a whole other career after that. So you've had a lot of years associated with the New York Yankees. Well, that's a lot of baseball flip, and you know all about it. A lot of games, and 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 I agree with you 100. I mean, you you talk to a lot of parents that have been to, you know, they were they were at your last game, or they were at this World Series game, and then you'll talk to kids that are fans today that still kind of picture you there because they hear your voice and and, and some of the commentary and. You know what, I, I didn't ever think that, uh, you know, after baseball, what I was going to do. And, you know, you and I had that conversation a few days afterwards. Uh, I was fortunate enough that uh, you kind of uh, brainwashed Mr. Steinbrenner and had given me a chance. And, uh, you know, I can't believe it has gone, you know, this many years. Uh, it has gone quick. Um, and, you know, I, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. Uh, you're far enough away from the game now where you know that, you know, talent wise, age wise, you can't play the game anymore. So you almost become more of a, a fan, just enjoying, uh, you know, watching players that are in their prime. Speaking of retired numbers, Paul, number two, Derek Jeter is breaking some news while we're recording this. I know you probably don't even have time to to let it sink in, but the news is that Jeter is stepping down as CEO of the Miami Marlins. How surprising is that to hear? Well, I think that he, uh, you know, he went down there with, uh, you know, high aspirations of turning that organization around. And, you know, Derek Jeter's used to winning. I mean, uh, his whole, 
uh, career was about winning from day one in 1996. So I think it's probably been a frustrating thing that, you know, they haven't taken that next step um, to the point where, you know, they're, they're in the playoffs year after year after year. And I'm sure it's very frustrating to him. And, um, you know, now that he has kids, maybe he's looked in the mirror and said, you know, this is time that uh, I've given uh, to baseball that, um, you know, I, I, it, it didn't work out the way I wanted. And, um, you know, I, I, he just made the statement that, you know, it, it's time to go. Uh, Paul, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see, like, in your, your 20 years now in the booth. But you really have not had a chance to really mentor too many people because if you look back when we started 20 years ago, like, you know, Davey Cohn, right? There was David Cohn, there was Michael Kay, there was Kenny Singleton. Flash came a little bit later. later. But, you know, for the most part, our, our people who've been in the booth have been I mean, pretty much, we've, we've had a number of people, but they pretty much stayed consistent. In other words, we, we really haven't hired too many. We have you know, Buck Showalter here and there. But for the most part, we pretty much stayed uh, using people that were uh, from the beginning, and we haven't really added that many people through the years. And now you're going to get a chance to sort of be a mentor, if you will. You were a mentor on the field. Now you get a chance to mentor like two our two uh, new people in our broadcast booth, would be Carlos Beltran and Cameron Maven. So, I mean, how do you feel about the responsibility of, of working with them? And and you're looking forward to you looking forward to mentoring. How do, how do you feel about that? Well, it's always good to, you know, different generations. Uh, you know, Carlos Beltran from day one in the major leagues was a phenomenal player. Uh, unbelievable talent, stole bases, hit home runs, did everything, knew how to win. Uh, and, you know, Maven has, I don't know a lot about, uh, you know, his playing career, but, you know, it's always good to see guys with different approaches and you know Carlos being a switch hitter would have a different approach than I would be as a total left-handed hitter and and Maben you know a right-handed hitter so I think that anytime you can bounce ideas off not only different players but you know different eras of the game uh, I think it'll help our telecast because uh, you know I can't tell you how many times even playing with David Cohn that you know I'll say something or he'll say something that, you know, even as an everyday player on the same team, you didn't know. And you learn a lot by just talking to other players, especially if they're from different eras or especially if they play different positions. There's one thing, Paul's a player, one thing, just one, that you could do all over again. What would it be? Uh, wow, that, that's a tough one, Flip. You should have got back. You should have wrote me this on a note so I could think <laughs> about it. Um, you know what? I, I really don't have one regret. I, I, I really don't. Uh, and uh, I've always told young kids that, you know, I, I talked to some minor league kids and what's your advice? And I said, you know, don't ever look in the mirror when the career, your career is over and say, I wish I would have done that or I wish I would have done that. So uh, I guess that's the one thing that, you know, I, obviously I, I wish I would have enjoyed the ride a little bit more. I was too frustrated uh, making outs. I couldn't take uh, f failure, you know, to, that's just the way it was. I think people are wired differently, but um, uh, that's one thing that, you know, when, when you sign a contract as a player, uh, you know, it's such an uplifting thing, but you have something to live up to. And now we, you know, you talk about this number retirement, you don't have anything else to accomplish. You don't have to live up to anything other than uh, still being uh, unbelievably proud to be in part of this Yankee organization. Well, it's been quite a ride. It's been quite a career, and uh, and uh, the 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 
part in the field is is obviously over, but the partner booth has got a long way to go, and uh, you've done justice to to both careers, and it's just been it's been great to watch you through the years, and it's even it's great to listen to you now. So, Paul, we thank you for your time today. And Paul, what's the date on the retirement again? I, what's the date? That would be the twenty first of August, Flip, and I expect you to be there. Twenty first. Oh, uh, uh, I'm busy. It's like I got a micro painting. <laughs> I promised I'd go to the club. And I'm sorry. I, 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 the twenty first. You should. You know, call Hallop. See if Hal will change it. You think <laughs> no, if I could have called, we can get that change. I'm not taking call. any chances. It will be the twenty first. <laughs> okay, we don't. We don't want to change. Nobody changed their mind. We'll, we'll stay with the twenty first. Uh, Paul, congratulations again. Thanks for spending a little time with us, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk to you soon again. Thanks. So Thank much. you, Paul. You guys have a great day. You too. Flip, another great conversation with Paul O'Neill. His, my favorite part, telling the story of Roberto Clemente's 21 behind him when his father took a picture. That's, that's special. 21, Roberto Clemente and a right fielder. He wound up being a right fielder. We're number 21. It just sort of worked out that way. They didn't just give him that number. It just sort of worked out like that. I mean, some things in life are just, I guess, are just destined. And he was just destined to have that number, destined to play right field, and destined to be a New York Yankee, and destined to be have the great career that he wound up having. And it's, it's truly a great honor that he's uh, that the Yankees are bestowing on him. And he's really, I mean, he's, he's so, he's such a good guy and he's so, you know, worthy of that honor. And he's such a, a, a teammate and a friend that uh, I can't say enough good things about Paul O'Neill. He's, he's quite a extraordinary individual. And we were fortunate today that we, we got him to join our broadcast booth and yes, that so he could continue his Yankee association. Also enjoyed Paul's candid comments even though it was breaking news and he didn't really have time to digest it around Jeter stepping down. Those were candid. Those were him basically saying Jeter's used to winning. Well, yeah, I mean, he certainly, he certainly is that Derek Jeter is a winner and always will be. And, you know, I don't, the last five years, or the last five years, and he was in a different job and a different role in a different organization. And, you know, no one is born going into a situation knowing everything. It was certainly a learning curve for Derek, but you know what, but, but you know, Derek has a lot of pride and Derek is very skillful and Derek, Derek is a, not only a great player, is a really good guy. I mean, those of us have been privileged to know him through the years and, uh, and work with him and being around him. I mean, Derek Jeter is terrific and, and, you know, Derek Jeter will go on Derek Jeter will do other things and Derek Jeter will has yet to make his mark post baseball but he will he will I have no doubt he will wind up doing something post post playing days and he will be tremendously successful I think he used this as a learning I mean this this is tough it's a there was a lot of work to do with that organization that organization was at the bottom and they had to try and do what they could and make trades that they could free a payroll and you know get prospects and really put a team together an organization they they only one year where they made the, the playoffs but the reality is that, that they would they have a lot of talent and they're going to start to knock on the door and I think some of Derek's fruits will start to really pay off I think now but listen I think he felt it was time to move on and and, uh, and we wish Derek nothing but good things because like I said he's a talented guy and he's a good guy and we'll see how it all unfolds but uh, you know uh, I'm I was a little surprised though because I, I didn't really see it coming because you know there's been some struggles with the franchise for sure but I just didn't see it you know, the, is uh, what was going to happen happened. And again, I don't know how it happened, why it happened. I, we're not privy to that. But other than to say, listen, I mean, Derek, uh, Derek Jeter is a is a, is a real credit to the game, and he's a credit to um, to the uh, to any place any place that employs him. So I'm not worried about Derek. I think he'll go back and do just fine. What does Jeter do next? And there's only one right answer. Well, there's a lot of right answers. I, I'm going to answer my own question. Yeah, whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. That's pretty much the answer. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Uh, 
you know what I mean? If I'm him, you know what? I don't know what I would do. I mean, if I'm him, you know, he hasn't really taken a break. He went right from, you know, his, his playing career, which was about 20 years or whatever it was, and right to the, the to uh, uh, basically to the, the Marlin organization and, and running them those five years and the Hall of Fame, which you read the tail in there. So he's had 25 you know, years of, of constant, uh, you know, running around in employment and making a mark. So I, I don't know what he does. And he got married also. And he did all these things. His father now, he's a, you know, he's got a lot of things going on in his life. Whatever it is, I, I think if I'm him and, and, and uh, what you do is you just take a few, you take a little time and you try to, uh, you know, listen, it's been a long time between breaks for him. Take a break. Enjoy the kids. Watch kids start to grow up. See what that's about and experience fatherhood because I know Derek takes so much pride in and, and rightfully so because I'm sure he's a great father. I know he is and, and a great husband. He's a good guy. And uh, so it's going to work out and whatever it is. And, and uh, it's, it will be interesting to see, though, where he goes and what he does and, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, how closely he, you know, it comes back to the Yankees. Maybe he comes back to the Yankees. You know, okay. he's left the organization with the other two, obviously, to run the Marlins. We'll see what I'm not saying he's going to come back or what he's going to do. But I think there'll be a lot of doors open to him, but he can do pretty much whatever he wants. Well, Jeter hasn't taken a break, like you said, but we have. We've been taking breaks here and there, obviously, this <laughs> offseason. When do you think we get together again? Well, we're waiting to see, obviously, what happens with the baseball's labor situation. They're, they're, uh, every, the, both sides are trying to figure out a, a, you know, a CBA, a new collective bargaining agreement. And, uh, you know, there, there's been some progress made, and, uh, and, and hopefully soon they'll be able to, sooner rather than later, they'll come to an understanding and there will be a new collective bargaining agreement. And when that happens, we'll be playing baseball again and hopefully in not too long a time. So whenever that time is, you know, uh, we, we will come back to you. We will be around it. If, if, if there's news that warrants something in between now and then, then we will uh, certainly be on with you. We, we will be uh, there to report it and to, to digest it and to break it down for you as best we can. But, uh, you know, and, and, and like I said, I, we have no idea how long this goes. And hopefully, like I said, it's sooner rather than later. And uh, we won't miss too many games. And uh, we'll be back in your uh, in your lives uh, uh, sooner rather than later. Fingers crossed. Till then, Fingers what do you crossed. think? You want to land it? Words of the great Ashley Fugazi. It's time to land a plane. So let's land that plane. We'll see you soon. Thank you again. Thank you, Kevin Sullivan. I'm John Filippelli. Thank you, our special guest, Paul O'Neill. And we will uh, we'll see you down the road. <laughs>